Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Thank you to all the loyal listeners. And in celebration of 100,000 downloads, we have a huge giveaway. We're giving away an autographed copy of Robert Kiyosaki's latest book, Second Chance. If you'd like to win an autographed copy of Robert's latest book, send an email to victor at victorjm.com and put 100,000 in the subject. We'll be holding the drawing on the last day of October, and the winner will be announced on November 1st. Send your email to victor at victorjm.com with 100,000 in the subject line. On today's episode, we're talking about two of the major shifts that have taken place in the housing market and will likely affect the lives of many professionals who work in real estate. We're going to be focusing on the coastal versus inland properties. This week, there are numerous reports of the slowdown in the residential housing markets nationwide. There are reports from Case Schiller, from CoreLogic, from Adam, and the National Association of Realtors, to name just a few. The expensive coastal areas, rising prices, and influx of population have kept home ownership far below the national average. We're also seeing people staying longer in their homes than ever before. Nationwide, these same market headwinds are keeping Americans in their properties for the longest stretches on record, in sharp contrast to the mobility that Americans have exhibited for decades. Across the country, homes that sold in the third quarter this year have been owned an average of 8.23 years. That's almost double the length of time a home sold in 2000 had been owned. One factor is the residue of the housing crisis that created stagnant conditions and a less dynamic housing market. As of the second quarter, 2.2 million homeowners were still underwater on their mortgages, which meant that they owed more to their lending institution than the home is actually worth. Another half million homes have 5% equity or less, which means that if the property were to be sold today, the transaction costs such as realtor fees and transfer taxes would leave the homeowner with zero equity. The hyper-competitive markets that emerged from the wreckage of the crisis are also keeping people in place. Many homeowners have ample equity in their homes, but they're hesitant to to move because they're worried about finding a property that they can actually afford. In major centers, we've seen many people express delight in the appreciation of their homes. They're sitting on a ton of equity, but selling means finding another place to live that's going to be affordable. Unless they're prepared to move out of the market entirely to a lower cost area, selling is not an option. Affordability is definitely keeping some people trapped in their homes, whether this is the result of high prices or very attractive financing conditions on their existing properties. This is called being rate locked, when you've got an ultra low mortgage rate and you're not willing to spend more on financing costs. The National Association of Realtors keeps very detailed statistics on housing affordability across the nation, and they've been tracking this since 1987. One of the key metrics is the Housing Affordability Index. This number is calculated by taking the median sale price assuming that first-time home buyers purchase a home at a price equal to 85% of the median sales price. In their housing affordability index, it's assumed that the first-time buyers make a down payment of 10% of the purchase price. It's also assumed that the principal, interest, taxes, and insurance payments make up no more than 40% of a household income. So what does that mean? It means in San Francisco, for example, you'd need a household income of $221,000 as a first-time buyer. In many cases, first-time buyers choose to live in less expensive areas that are inland from the coast. You may start out in, say, Sacramento at a median sales price of $317,000, where they would need a household income of $51,000 to qualify. Once they build some equity and experience some price appreciation, they may move up into the more expensive areas such as the Bay Area. By contrast, some of the inland markets, 
such as Oklahoma City, Denver, Colorado Springs, and Austin, are experiencing a lot quicker turnover. They're experiencing much higher mobility. And some of these markets are also booming because of influx of new residents. There's more possibility to move up and appreciation is going up slowly in some of these areas. It's giving opportunity for homeowners to build equity as they grow with the market. That's kind of the more traditional growth path that we've seen for the last several decades prior to 2008. The other response to affordability is some people are simply choosing to stay put. And they're choosing instead to stay and remodel rather than upgrading. Financial performance of some of the big box home improvement stores like Home Depot and Lowe's are at near all-time highs. For example, same-store sales at Home Depot are up 8% in the last 90 days. It's one of the reasons why we see so little inventory in the housing market in major cities across the country, but in particular in the coastal areas. People are simply not moving as much as they did in the past. As you're thinking about that, have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.